Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Thanks so much for joining me today. I had the privilege of talking with Alyssa Benson. Alyssa serves as a media relations coordinator on our communications team at Samaritan's Purse. And I got to talk to her fresh off her deployment to Cremona, Italy. She was in Italy for over three weeks, coordinating media relations for our presence at the emergency field hospital. She was not only handling local media, but also writing, doing social media, and helping us with our on-the-ground podcast. I enjoyed hearing her perspective from the field as she was fresh and gave great insight on God's provision and ways to pray for our team that are continuing to serve. We also discussed the challenges of quarantine and this uncertain time, but how God is faithful and teaches us in every circumstance. Um, Alyssa is used to representing Samaritan's Purse, you know, and you do a great job at it. But today, I just want to hear your perspective um, as you start to look back on your time. And so I'd love to hear and let you share with the audience, you know, your perspective from your three weeks in Italy. Can you talk to us about what it was like being there in the field hospital? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think I can echo what I've heard some other team members kind of share um, is that it's so strange to leave a disaster to go to a disaster. And then in my case, to come back to the same direct disaster and um, be here in quarantine for the past two weeks. Still kind of just trying to process what the Lord did through those three weeks that I was on the ground and just the way we saw so many miracles performed in ways that we didn't even ask for the Lord to move. And he showed up and patients coming to know Christ on an almost daily basis there just because of our teams. And this is the first time that our uh, emergency field hospital has been deployed to kind of a nation like Italy where they have their own medical um, staff and it's a very, very high functioning and they have incredible people there that are working in Cremona. Um, but I think that just speaks to the severity of what this disease is and um, how hard they were hit by this outbreak. And so, I mean, from the moment we arrived there in Italy, uh, we were just greeted with open arms and kind of like exasperation from the medical staff. But that quickly turned into gratitude because they're just so overwhelmed and so overrun and being able to talk with some of the hospital staff and just see that they were having to put patients in hallways and in every corner that they were able to in their hospital just to meet the incredible need that this outbreak has caused for their community and um, walking alongside of them as some of their staff members become ill from the virus and just being able to partner with them and be set up in their parking lot um, to take some of that workload off of them um, from a professional standpoint, but then also our team being able to minister to them and encourage them and just be a listening ear to them as they have just experienced so much in the past couple of months, um, more than some people experience in a lifetime. Um, and so just being able to not only provide that physical aid that Samaritan's Purse is so great at doing, but we're also an organization that comes alongside people to provide that spiritual aid and that emotional encouragement. And so I think for me, the, the past three weeks, um, it was just such a perfect embodiment of everything that we stand for as an organization and um, getting to see those little moments that, that God shows up, um, even in the minute details and being able to, with my role, share that and be the mouthpiece for that, um, for what God is doing through our team. That was awesome. Um, and so... Part, can you talk? Can you tell the audience first of all what your primary responsibilities were while you were there in Italy? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I'm a part of our media relations team. Um, and so our team kind of has the privilege of being the liaison, if you will, between um, media outlets, um, external media outlets like newspapers, TV stations, and Samaritan's Purse. Um, so I went to Italy to kind of um, be the facilitator for that, be the on-the-ground um, media contact for not only media outlets, from Italy that would show up to our field hospital once they, they kind of found out what we were doing and what we were providing, but also um, facilitating some remote um, Skype and phone interviews um, for outlets in the United States and around the world just to kind of share what Samaritan's Purse is doing um, and that we are kind of running to the front lines of this virus to provide that, that critical medical care that is so needed in these different epicenters in Italy and then now in New York City. Um, and then in addition to that, um, I was helping our communications team just gather additional content with social media, um, writing, um, and the podcast just to once again share kind of what the Lord is doing through our team um, through a very, uh, a various, um, through various different platforms. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it earlier about Italy, you know, being, you know, first world, um, it being different, you've been, you've responded in multiple deployments and countries. Um, so how was this one different from the others that you've experienced? Yeah. Um, kind of like what I said is, is it's so strange just from my past experience and just our experience as an organization, um, leaving a disaster in a home country to go to a disaster. Um, but really I think it really just speaks to how much this country needed it and how this virus is something that this world has never seen before. And we're all just kind of trying to figure it out together, um, trying to battle it together. And so um, being able to partner with these already amazing hospitals and incredible medical teams to work together to fight this um, kind of as as one team, um, because we are all working together as a common goal of, of getting rid of this virus and combating it. Um, so I think in that regard, it's just unique because usually when we deploy our emergency field hospital, or even when we respond to a disaster, like a hurricane, it's very localized and isolated to a, a specific area. And so, um, just being able to come together, um, partnering with the United States and Italy. And as that continues to grow around the world, um, this virus is impacting everybody, um, almost everyone you talk to has been impacted either personally or know someone who's been impacted personally. Um, and so I just think in that regard, this is something that's unprecedented for our, for our team at the emergency field hospital. Um, and something that we're continuing to grow every day to, um, just be better and, and see what the Lord has next um, and what he's teaching us through this. Mm-hmm. And I love your perspective because you, like you said, um, you know, our medical staff, we've talked to many of them and I love their perspective, um, you know, and their their relationship with their patients. But you get to see the full spectrum, you know, and you get to be, yeah, have a lot of interaction with the community. Can you, can you share a story of an interaction with the media that impacted you? Wow, yeah. Um, I think this deployment was really one of the first that... Um, I just, there's several stories that come to mind when you ask that, Christy, um, just powerful stories that I, I didn't expect the Lord to use, um, especially when working with reporters. I think it's very easy to stick into the professional kind of wavelength of um, we're both kind of doing our jobs and we're, we're both 
um, here to get certain content and I'm here to facilitate them getting that content. But while I was in Italy, um, we had a photographer visit a couple of days um, at our emergency field hospital uh, before we opened. And um, he was just getting photos of the setup, photos of our medical team as they began to prep the wards to receive patients. And um, through that interaction, we were just able to build a relationship. And um, he spoke some English and uh, we were able to just kind of talk more about what Samaritan's Purse does and why we do what we do. We come in the name of Jesus to help these people. And I think immediately when I said that to him for the first time, I think he was kind of taken aback. Um, Again, I don't think he could believe that strangers would come halfway across the world to help his people and his community. And um, yeah, we were just able to have some really incredible conversations. And he was there when we admitted our first patient to the ICU and they were hooked up to a ventilator and um, they were struggling to breathe and really fighting for their life. And I was with him as he was taking pictures as they came out of the ambulance and, and all of a sudden he just kind of dropped to the floor and, and started crying. And um, I mean, I get emotional just, just talking about it because that's why we do this. Um, We always, People connect with people is kind of what we say from the communication side of things. And um, just to see this this man who I'm sure has experienced so much in the past couple of weeks um, just drop to his knees and knees in tears and um, become so overwhelmed with, with gratitude. And he just kept saying, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Because I think just that moment as kind of someone who works day to day with media, um, was kind of brought the humanity back to, to what we do and, um, and just, yeah, kind of put a person who's devastated by this virus, like the rest of us and just be able to take off that media hat and that professional hat and just be able to be a listening ear to him and let him cry. And we were able to talk kind of more about what he experienced because of the virus and some family members that have been impacted. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the story that stands out to me the most from my time there and really kind of the first time I've ever experienced that on a deployment. But um, yeah, kind of changing my responsibility to or from facilitating media to facilitating that relationship and letting him know that we're here um, in the name of Jesus to help his community, but also we're here for him and God loves him. We love him. And I think that was something he hadn't heard in a while. So it was really cool. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. And that's why, you know, I think this response and the New York City response, I mean, yes, the patients are the primary care, but the ripple effect in the community has been huge. Yeah, like you said, everyone, this this virus is so unifying and equalizing in that everyone is impacted by it. I mean, especially in that town of Cremona, I mean, everyone that was involved um, around you, yeah, even the professionals, I mean, they are impacted and so they can be ministered to. And so I love yeah. that story. And and that's why I wanted you on here because everyone listening, we all play a part and we play a role in this hospital going forward, you know? And so whatever you're doing, and that's what I've been praying, Lord, whatever you want to entrust me with, help me to be faithful. Help me to share, you know, as I grow to the grocery store or as I, you know, whoever I come in contact with, they are hurting. Um, and they are being impacted. And so I love how you were able to minister to him 
you know, when a medical professional probably couldn't, you know, you had an impact and a role. And so thank you for being faithful and recognizing that need. And so I love Samaritan's Purse, you know, the the name of our organization, you know, is to go to the ditches of life and to respond to people that are hurting and broken. Yes, whether they're a photographer or a patient in the hospital. And so you you mentioned it through his story, but is there another story where you witnessed the embodiment of the Good Samaritan, you know, with our team in Cremona? Yeah, I mean, um, kind of serving in that in that writer capacity on the ground, this deployment, um, I really get to kind of be an inside look as to what our nurses are feeling and, and doing on a daily basis and what our patients are going through, um, getting to hear their personal stories through translators. Um, and I think one just theme that stood out to me on this deployment was, was that embodiment of the Good Samaritan. Um, almost every person I talked to, whether that's a medical staff or a patient or someone from the community, um, just kept saying that they felt the love of God in action, or they, they prayed that they could be the love of God in action. And, um, one of our ICU nurses, Shannon, she said that, I mean, we're, we're covered in PPE, personal protective equipment all day, every day. And all these patients can see are our eyes through our goggles. And she said, every day I pray that even though all they can see are my eyes, I feel like I pray that they experience the love of Christ through me as I'm caring for them, as I'm um, speaking to them, even though we don't speak the same language, um, I pray that they just feel the love of Christ through me. Um, And then to go and interview a patient who was taken care of by Shannon um, and was in the ICU and had survived being taken off of a ventilator, which is a miracle in and of itself, um, just to talk to him and, and have him say, that he just wanted to hug the angels that had been helping him and um, all he could see were their eyes, but he felt the love of Christ through their eyes. Um, And so just to hear almost every one of our nurses say that daily they pray to be kind of the hands and feet of Christ to these strangers. And that's kind of what the parable of the Good Samaritan is all about is showing love in action to someone you don't even know. Um, I think it's easy to, love on people and, and, um, kind of show that love to people that are close to you and that you have a personal relationship with, but, um, going halfway across the world when you don't even speak the same language and you, you don't share basically anything in common, um, to show them the love of Christ through, um, providing that critical medical care, whether it's providing, um, taking their blood pressure or taking those vital signs or just sitting with them and talking with them. Um, that's kind of what the parable of the Good Samaritan is all about, um, is being the hands and feet of Christ in action. And that was just so well represented by our team. And I know our patients felt that. I had several patients um, as a way to describe kind of how our nurses treated them and how they felt um, as a result of being in our facility, they referenced the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, they would say things like, uh, I, I remember the Good Samaritan in scripture. That is how I feel. Um, these people are Good Samaritans. And I think just to hear that as a member of this organization, but also as a believer, I think is so refreshing and so cool to see that um, the Lord is so clearly at work 
not necessarily through words, but through those deeds and um, that those were actually being felt by our patients. And I think that's just so cool. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. Um, And so speaking to that, you know, um, another, you know, the Good Samaritan is our name, obviously, but another principle that is big within Samaritan's Purse is the God room principle, you know, that Bob Pierce, um, you know, quoted and, and founded, but that principle of, you know, accepting a need and doing something that we maybe don't have the resources or the people or personnel, you know, to carry out. And I'm sure you saw many, you know, um, times where God provided what you needed, but um, can you share a story or a time where you didn't have what you needed or the words to say and God stepped <laughs> in and showed showed off big? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's, there's just so many. Um, one that comes to mind straight off the bat is um, with kind of our, our hospital is 68 beds. Um, we have patients that need to be on, on ventilators. And with that, we need oxygen um, for those ventilators and for those patients. And um, I mean, I, I don't understand the medical side of things, but I know that um, that's something that takes months when you're building a hospital or when you're preparing a hospital is to get this giant oxygen tank um, that you custom order to fit the number of beds that you have. And um, something that has to be, yeah, custom delivered and, and to fit the measurements of your hospital. And um, we arrived in Cremona and we didn't have an oxygen tank um, big enough to to have the capacity to um, treat these patients on all these ventilators and the oxygen that they would need. And um, there was a day where um, our, our operations team and our... Um, yeah, our build team was just kind of questioning where we were going to get this, if it was something that we needed to order months in advance um, to have the capacity for our patients. And um, I just, we all prayed as a team that the Lord would just provide a way um, to provide the oxygen for these patients. And the next day, um, a member of Cremona Hospital that we're partnering with uh, called our operations team and said that they the or the organization that they get their oxygen tanks from called them and said that they had an oxygen tank just sitting on their shelf at their warehouse. Um, and it would have the capacity for 400 beds. So it had enough oxygen to um, kind of supply a 400 bed hospital or power a 400 bed hospital. And just to think that they had that sitting there um, is unheard of and a complete miracle. Because like I said, it takes months um, to get those in and they're always custom ordered for a hospital. And so just the fact that the Lord knew months in advance that this outbreak was happening and that um, Samaritan's Purse would be responding in Cremona specifically. Um, and I don't know if, if an order fell through or, or something happened, but just the fact that this giant oxygen tank was just sitting there waiting to be used exactly when we needed it. Um, I just think that's, kind of a perfect example of the God room that we, mm-hmm. we value so much at Samaritan's Purse. I love that. I hadn't heard that story. And I, I love that because it's like, you know, the fish and the loaves of bread. It's like God just wants us to give him our hearts and our, yeah. obedi- our obedience. And like you said, you prayed, you know, you just said, God, um, you know, your team. And I know I love that. And maybe you can talk about it in a minute, but like, you know, you gather and do devotions in the morning. That's how you start your day. You start in prayer and, you know, you're, 
I think that's what God did. He said, sit down, you know, have everybody sit in clumps, mm-hmm. sit in groups, you know, and then he looked to God. He even looks to God, um, you know, and he broke that bread and made that provision, but it re- it doesn't require work from us most times, you know, I mean, we do have to be faithful, yeah. but sometimes in that lack, it just requires us to sit and to ask God and watch him work. And I love how you're acknowledging that, you know, cause we don't want to take credit. And I, you know, Absolutely. I know you guys use that testimony within that community. You were humble and you were relying on the Lord and that spoke volumes to the people that you worked with. I love that. Um, and so speaking to that, um, you watched God work, you watched him move. Um, are, are there any other passages of scripture or um, things that God taught you as you were so needy and so dependent? Yeah, um, I mean, as a team, we heavily relied on Psalm 91 that just talks about kind of being um, seeking refuge in the Lord and, and not only for, for safety and protection, but also for rest. Um, I mean, we have teams that are working around the clock to not only provide the medical care, but also the operational care and the things that keep the hospital running. And um, after a while, that takes a toll on your physical body, but also on your uh, your spiritual health and you start to get discouraged and kind of get run down. And so I think Psalm 91 was just a perfect verse for our team to kind of break down a little bit every morning at devotions and just kind of talk about um, just the hope and the strength that we find in the Lord and that we can't do this by ourselves. We're here as um, Christ in action. And what that means is just not relying on our own strength to accomplish the task that the day has ahead of us, but also leaving that God room that we just talked about um, and letting him work through us rather than us working um, out of our own capacity. So I think that was a huge one. And then for me personally, I think Ephesians 3.20, um, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Um, I think that just really spoke to me throughout this deployment, not only in the God room, but this, this is an unknown virus and an unknown situation for so many people. Um, But I just kind of take heart in the fact that I'm trusting this unknown virus to a known God. And he is sovereign over everything that is going on. He's sovereign over the um, fear and anxiety that this virus is causing. And just as he is in control over the, things in my life on a day-to-day basis. He is sovereign over this virus. And I just think um, for me personally, knowing that even as I come home and I um, just reflect on my time in Italy and just still questioning kind of some of the things I saw and what God is doing through this, I know he's doing something and I don't have to know exactly what it is because even whatever I could dream up, he's going to do more with this and through this virus and this pandemic than we could ever ask or imagine. Um, and seeing that, I think if, if one person comes to know the Lord through our hospital and we've already seen that happen, um, it's worth us being there. That's one more person in the kingdom of heaven. And I think just being able to, to witness that and then have that as a testimony going forward of just, how much more he can do than what we're able to um, fathom on our own personal level is, is kind of what's been keeping me going. Mm -hmm. 
And so can you walk us through like what a typical day was? I know each day was probably different and, you know, everybody has a different role. So their job position is different. But what did your day look like? So we met every morning. We would have breakfast as a team. Um, We would stay separate medical and operations staff just for social distance reasonings. Um, But we would um, eat as a team and then we would have a moment of devotions um, where one of our chaplains from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association um, would share kind of a passage of scripture that's on their heart or something that the Lord is teaching them, a word of encouragement for our team. Um, And then we would all hop on a bus and head over to the emergency field hospital and kind of begin our day. Um, We would Um, Some of us would go ahead to provide medical care to patients. Some of us would um, head to the administration tent and start start working on kind of the more um, operational tasks that that were set before us. And then for me, I think um, the very first week or two, we had a lot of media coming coming out to the site and um, curious as to what we were doing there and, and who Samaritan's Purse was. So for the first week or two, my days were pretty much um, back-to-back interviews, whether in person or uh, remote through phone or Skype with our various team members on the ground. And then as that kind of um, subsided and, and we were there for a couple of weeks, um, being able to don the personal protective equipment, go into the wards and talk to some of our patients and our nurses and hear their personal stories. Um, and then, yeah, around seven o'clock, um, at night, we'd head back to where we're staying, and we would once again eat together as a team, and then, and then, in my case, work for maybe a couple hours, and then call it a night, and then wake up and repeat. So mm-hmm. it was cool that we all had kind of our our unique um, things we were doing, but we all did it as a team, and it was good to have those common times of of meal time and devotion. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you would have a plan for the day, but God would, yeah, pull you somewhere else. um, Or, and I love the way, you know, many didn't know about Samaritan's Purse. So this is their first interaction and their first encounter. So how have they, how has the media and the surrounding area, how have they embraced Samaritan's Purse and our people? Wow. Um, They have been so grateful and so loving. Um, I mean, the Italian people are so relational and I think, um, like I said earlier, they were just so overwhelmed with this this outbreak and this virus. And um, when we landed and opened our field hospital on March 20th, um, I think it was the first glimmer of hope that this community had in a while. And um, they were just so thankful and so loving. I mean, to this day, our team gets gifts of pastries and and cards and sweet notes on a day-to-day basis just because that's the way people express their gratitude. And um, our teams are grateful for that, for one. But um, also, I just think there's a certain a certain joy and a light that people have started to recognize from, from our team and a light that's coming out of our tent. Um, we've had family members who have someone they love um, experiencing coronavirus and they, they want them to come receive treatment at our field hospital. And it's because they've seen the way our nurses take care of our patients and the, the love we show and, and how our patients leave with a smile. And some of them 
don't want to leave because they've become like family and um, we cheer for them as they leave. And I just think um, that is being, that's something that's being recognized in the community. And we have patients that will show up at our gates um, days later just to say thank you. And they're bringing a cake or they brought their family to say thank you. And I just think, um, yeah, the outpouring of love and gratitude of the Italian people has been incredible. That is awesome. I, food is my love language, so I would do very well in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as you're mentioning, um, just their gratefulness and, and just growing close. I mean, you're going through a really difficult time and so your bond is deep. And so now you've left and so you're home and I'm sure you miss the people that you met and you're grieving um, having to have left them. That's probably very difficult. So how are you, and this is how I'm gonna ask you how we can pray. How are you praying for the people that you met there and that you miss, I'm sure? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Um, I, I deeply miss the people I met and our team and patients that I had the chance to speak to and just kind of hear your hear their heart. Um, but I think the fact that I miss them means that they've had such a powerful impact on my life and their people and stories that I'll remember forever. So um, I think just being able to take the time to reflect on all of those has been super good for me. Um, and then also just I'm, I've been praying for protection for our teens, um, strength and endurance as they endure those long hours and those tough conditions, but also kind of, um, as our nurses are praying on a daily basis, that they would just be the love of Christ in action to these patients. Um, and that these patients would have open eyes and open ears and open hearts to, um, receiving that love and that our nurses would be open to, um, kind of those gospel opportunities through our translators or if patients speak English, um, being able to share not only in actions who God is and, and that love that he provides, but also looking for those patients that are, are seeking and, and questioning and just giving our nurses the discernment to have those conversations if that's what the, the situation needs. Um, yeah, and I think for my team that's still there and, and um, as the communication team in Italy and New York continues to work, I think just that the Lord would um, use us as his mouthpiece. It's not about us. It's not about um, who we are as individuals. It's about using those gifts and abilities that he has given us, um, whether that's medical, whether that's communication, whether that's operations. Um, using those gifts and abilities to show the love of Christ um, to these patients and to those who are in, impacted by this disease and um, yeah, be the mouthpiece for what God is doing through this field hospital, not what Meredith Perth is doing through this field hospital or not what Alyssa Benson is doing through this field hospital, but what God is doing through it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love that. I love your perspective. You know, we've talked to so many people as they're on the ground, um, which is beneficial. Um, but I think talking to someone that's fresh off it, you know, you're giving just such a such a new, fresh insight on how to pray and 
and how to, yeah, pray for our team. Um, and I just love hearing your heart and your stories while they're raw and while they're fresh. Um, so now you're home, you know, and after you travel, you know, the staff has to go into quarantine. Can you talk to me about isolation and quarantine and what God's teaching you through that? Because you went from being so busy and needed and, you know, action-packed and feeling like you're, you're doing something to now quiet. Can you talk to me about that drastic change? Yeah, um, drastic is a good word I would use to describe it. Um, I think for me, the first couple of days were the hardest. I think it's really hard to be out on the field um, working 15-hour days, going, 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 and kind of seeing firsthand what the Lord is doing and just the miracles that are happening through our team, um, building those relationships, having conversations on a day-to-day basis with patients and nurses. And um, I'm an extrovert, and so that that fuels me. And just um, when you add kind of the spiritual side of things of just hearing what God is doing on a day-to-day basis through those conversations, I just felt so um, fueled and, and really energized by, by that time in Italy. And, um, yeah, you build amazing relationships and then to come back and sit in a room for two weeks with minimal social interaction. And, um, I mean, I've definitely, I've kept busy, but it's definitely a different kind of busy. Um, but I've just been so thankful that the Lord is, is using people in my life and just, um, speaking to me through scripture of just the importance of rest. Um, it's about a balance. And I think, um, in my position, it's, it's definitely about a balance. And there are weeks where I'm in the field for, yeah, weeks, maybe a month at a time. And then in this situation, um, being kind of forced to rest, I think has been so beneficial and, um, using that time to, to read, to draw, to journal, um, listen to music, and just kind of recenter on my personal relationship with the Lord, my personal relationship with my friends and family that are here that are going through um, the same thing in a different way. And um, I think the rest has been so good because um, that's not something I, I'm usually good at coming back from a deployment. Um, I think it's easy for me to come back and then go straight back into the office and, and continue that that level of busy. So I think being forced to slow down, to reflect on everything that I experienced, the stories that I heard um, has been super good. I love that. Cause, and I have to ask, like, which is harder, being on the front line or quarantine? <laughs> That's a great question. I think um, they're both challenging in different different ways. Um, I think this time quarantining has been more challenging for me um, just because of the way I think I'm wired. It's hard for me to slow down and hard for me to um, be still. And I think just that phrase itself, be still, that's what we're called called to be in, in the Lord's presence. And I think that reminder in itself has been so powerful and such a um, tough love learning moment for me during this quarantine, I think, um, and ha- has been really cool just to see the Lord work through these past two weeks. And um, it's kind of like a jumping off point for the weeks and months to come, kind of this moment of rest um, to reflect and recenter so that he can use me even greater and even more than I can ever ima- imagine in these coming weeks and months. 
I love that. And I love that perspective. And that's why I wanted to touch on this because I think some people coming back, you know, are really upset about being quarantined. Likely so. I mean, it's hard. Um, But to be able to see the good, you know, embrace the good, embrace the rest, the force rest. Because like you said, most times you come back and you hit the ground running on your new project or... Yeah. um, And so it is a, I think God is allowing us all to rest, you know, and we can either fight it Um, and become, you know, critical and complain, or we can cast our cares on him, you know, and I'm learning that um, because I go from, you know, day to day, it's a very, and I heard, I just heard it said, it's it's a fluid relationship. You know, we aren't to Mm -hmm. be, I think we get so down on ourselves when we do struggle or when we have a hard time with it. And so, but it's that coming back, coming back to God. Um, and I just did a session um, and they were talking about just lamenting and, and you know, giving God yeah. our cares and our worries and our fears and our, you know, and to pray scripture to him. And they had us praying Psalm 42. And it was such a good one about just coming back to he is king. And you mentioned it earlier, you know, he is on the throne. Um, he is not surprised. Um, we are Absolutely. not in control. You know, he is the creator. We are the created. And so I think it is good to be almost uh, almost put on the, what, what do you say, like um, sideline. You know, it's like you're, yeah. you're in a game and you're now on the bench and that's a hard place to be, you know, but to see it as, God, what do you want to teach me on the bench? So like, I love how you said that. So I can come back better and I can get back in the game and actually be more uh, productive and more engaged in my team, you know? And so on the sidelines, you know, you're not off the team, you know, yes, you're sitting from right. the sidelines and you're watching from a different vantage point, but actually you can learn more because you can see things that your teammates don't see. And so I love how you said that. And I pray that everyone listening, you know, will see their time on the bench as a time to learn and grow, first of all, with your relationship with the Lord, you know, and personally, and like yeah. you said, read, restore, take Sabbath. Um, but then you can still you can still communicate with your team, you know, through thankfully like this, we can have podcasts, we can talk on the phone or through Zoom. Um, we can still be engaged with our body of Christ and be praying for them. And that's why I wanted you to give the prayer points because we're not sidelined from work. We are we can still pray and it is actually more effective because God is um in all of this. So Alyssa, I appreciate your authenticity and your just perspective. Um, and as we close, is there anything else that you thought of or that we that I didn't ask that you'd love to share with the audience about your time in Italy or at home? Well, I think um, actually just as you were just talking, it kind of came to mind um, for those of us who have been in the field and are now in quarantine or even those who are just staying at home, I think what a powerful um, time to just dedicate that to prayer. Um, for me, praying for our team back in Italy or our team in New York. Um, and for those listening, it could be praying for a specific person that has been impacted um, by this disease or praying for Samaritan's Purse even as we are going on those front lines. Um, I think we talked about how we can be praying for those people, but I think that almost challenges me, Christy, and just using this quarantine time, kind of dedicating that to to prayer specifically for that team and um, taking time each day that I'm kind of isolated to to powerfully intercede for those that are on the front lines there. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. I love hearing your heart and just your perspective. Um, so as you continue to pray and write and reflect, hopefully we can get you on again um, 
you know, as it's more in hindsight, because I think you have so much more to process and unpack, but we appreciate um, your, your perspective today. Well, thank you so much, Christy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you were as renewed and energized as I was gleaning from her wisdom. It was so encouraging and I enjoyed our conversation greatly as she talked about the front lines and gave us great insight and ways to pray for our staff around the world. I, I read this week and it made me think of our conversation. Paul Tripp said in a devotion I read, since God writes your story, he knows what you're facing and exactly what grace you'll need to live his way. And he talks about how God gives us grace. Um, our plan might not work out the way according to our plan, but it's his plan and he is orchestrating details. And so I encourage you in this quarantine, like Alyssa and I said, embrace it. See what God has for you in it each day. And I have to do this too, daily. Submit to the Lord and ask him, what does he have to do in my life today? Um, and I love, he shares from Acts 17. It says, Paul says in this way, and he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And he talks about how Paul says, God is in an out there distant person. He is with us. He reminds us that he's involved in every detail of our lives and he is near. So I pray that you will be encouraged today, uh, reach out to God and realize that he is not far from each of us, whether we are on the front lines, in the hospital serving patients, or we're at home serving our family and praying for those that are doing the work on the ground. So I pray that you're encouraged, renewed and challenged today. Have a great week. 